Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. My oldest son lived in a cape his third year of life. He spoke of force fields and shark repellent and magical dehydration powers that turned people who didn't share into dust. He collected figurines, he launched himself dangerously off of furniture, and fantasized about a million different ways to defy the odds. My son's desire for superherodom. It's fictional, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because don't his desires suggest that if given a choice, we would really just prefer to be God? And it's a tale as old as time, really. Because all the serpent had to say to Eve was, Did God really say that? And bam, mission accomplished. She took matters into her own hands because how could she really be sure? How could she know that God wasn't holding out on her? I've got this, she said. We crave self-sufficiency and perfect control. And without that option of being perfectly self-sufficient, of having perfect control, we just dabble in fully trusting God. We don't want to be needy. And to be honest, it's probably the last word that I would like to attach to myself. Even the feel of it, needy. I want to spit it out. But the truth is, underneath all this superherodom, all this competence, the truth is, is that we know we are not God. And because we know that we aren't really in control, not really, we fear and we stress and we worry. We are anxious. And our emotions suggest that really we were never intended to be self-reliant anyway. Humans, we are needy by design. Well, if that's the case, is it possible to abandon the illusion of independence? Is it? I've often described myself as the not worrying type. I've claimed the laid back title among my mom friends by saying that my parenting philosophy is, it's probably fine. I rarely have the necessary supplies to be out in public with my children. Wipes, band-aids, shoes, all optional. And someone, someone who worries more than I do, probably has them. I'm a self-proclaimed cool cucumber. But exploring anxiety has led me to confess some of my fears. I've learned a few things. For example, I don't particularly like tight spaces or crowds or loud noises. And if you were to combine all three, I could start to get a little lightheaded. I don't really like rodents or roaches either. Our house had a rodent problem when we moved in. And when I heard them in the wall, I threatened to call 911. I did not understand how this could not be considered an emergency. I notice every single siren if I know that my husband is on his way home from work. I woke up the other night wondering in a panic how an ambulance would efficiently get to my parents' house if need be because they live a couple of miles down a dirt road. I loathe being misunderstood, and I can turn myself in knots if I feel like someone is upset with me. I worry that I'm not doing enough to let my kids know how brilliant they are in my eyes. I fear embarrassment more than I do anything else, and ironically, public speaking is very difficult for me. And I know that every single person who has ever lived has experienced anxiety, is intimate with anxiety on some level. It is an inescapable feature of earthly life. 
anxiety is natural. And we can experience it before anything has even had a chance to go wrong. For example, my six-year-old helped himself into our bed the other night, short of breath and with a racing heart. When I asked him if he was scared because he was feeling afraid of the dark, he looked at me funny and bluntly said, No, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what's in the dark. Well, what's in the dark? I asked him. And he proceeded to tell me in great detail about the alligator bird hybrid that growls and eats cats and lives under his bed that he has to shut his eyes tight and pretend isn't really there every single night. By the way, he had zero concern for how loco it made him sound. Here I am denying that I don't want to cohabitate with rats and my son curls up next to me and tells me every single detail of the chaos that he has created in his mind. Adults cover up and hide. Children are bare and open. Children lack fabricated facades that adults learn to master in order to appear the ways that they like. We crave self-sufficiency where kids have no illusion of their lack of independence. With kids, you just get the real thing, like it or not. And even if they live in a perfectly safe haven, free from all bad guys and fictional horrors with their bathroom light left on and the door left ajar to just the right degree, their monitors on, they will still guaranteed at some point feel anxious because somehow, without even having to figure it out the hard way, they naturally intrinsically know that we live in a world that is not safe. And as we become adults, one would assume that we would trade our childish fears for competence and experience. But have we? I mean, maybe we're not creating species of pet-eating reptiles that live under our beds, but as adults, have we gotten rid of our worry? The freedom of adulthood, it brings its own set of anxieties, doesn't it? I mean, as kids, we might have feared being safe, but the freedom of adulthood, it brings choices. And choices bring opportunities to choose wrong, to mess up, to fail. Our worry is constant. Constant. And listening for it is like listening for background noise. Because here I was saying that I wasn't really the worrying type, but then I could easily list a host of daily concerns. So it's easy to think at first that there's nothing to hear, but then when you stop and really listen, you can notice a TV on in the background, the buzz of cars passing by outside, the rumble of a plane overhead, the hum of the fluorescent lights, the AC running. Just because we are used to the noise, just because we live in a state of anxiety, does not mean that it's not something to avoid. It does not mean that we should just get used to it. And once we really hear our fears, then we can eventually start to pick out some themes. The obvious starting point is that life is dangerous. There are real reasons to be afraid. Sometimes it feels like our world is hanging by a thread. We have real enemies and accidents happen. So it's easy to become preoccupied. I read this recently and it has stuck with me. In the Old Testament, prophets were the ones who talked about the future, and much like people with anxiety, worriers, what they foretold was often bad. And the only way that you could remain in good standing as a prophet was if your predictions were infallible. Err once, and you were forever banned from making future prophecies. So using this standard, you know what worriers are? Certified false prophets. And how much better off would we be if our future predictions were declared illegal and we were forever banned from making any others? To deeply understand worry and fear and anxiety, we must also look at ourselves. Can we take a moment to review some of our fears and ask ourselves what these fears might say that we trust in? 
What do our fears say that we love? Because these scary objects, they might reveal what we cherish, but they might also reveal what we worship. Can we look underneath our anxiety and see what it reveals? Can we review that list of our concerns? What is it that we're clinging to so tightly? What does it say about our relationship with God? How do we fix it? If anxiety is just about a precarious world, then there would be little we could do about it. But if it's about us, then maybe there's a way through. Danger points out, but vulnerability points in. Life is dangerous. I am vulnerable. There is a need and I might not get it. I might not be able to secure my plans or get my wishes. Bad things may happen and there's nothing that I can do to secure that they won't because control and certainty are illusions. And that's okay because God is good. And this world isn't all there is to this life. God has forever in mind and he's constantly straightening my paths to lead to my good. He isn't consumed with my comfort, even if I am. He's consumed with my soul reflecting his glory. He's consumed with my freedom. His love is unfailing, it endures forever. Anxiety is running away from something but it doesn't know what to run to. Anxiety calls out for a person who is bigger and stronger and safer than ourselves. And the sprint towards God hinges on our ability to admit that we need him. From the book of 2 John, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. This is my friend Liv. We've been friends for 24 years. If Dory and Tigger and Cheer Bear Care Bear and Buddy the Elf and St. Joan of Arc all had a baby, it would produce a Liv. And when we are face to face, my joy is complete. Hi, Liv. Hi, Allison. I love having you here. I love being here. That's why I like come all the time. Um, you have so quickly become one of my favorite friends. Same. I could never even put my finger on why. I just, you know, there are certain people that walk through your door and say, "How are you?" and you go through the pleasantries, and then there are other people that walk through your door and you're like, "No, really." <laughs> How are you? (laughs) But tell me all the things. Well, and I kind of pursued you. So, I mean, there's always that. That's kind of fun when you're, when you're wanted. I do feel very good about myself around you. And you just, that is one of your gifts is making people feel seen and loved. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen and loved you for a long time. So it just, I thought I should take it out of the shadows, be less (laughs) creepy about it and Put it out in the sun. And here we are. And now I won't go away. We're all I'm better like for it. one of your dogs that just, <laughs> that you pick up on the side of the well, road. Well, and you've become one. besties with Taylor Schroll. So you're in town a lot. All the I time. Mean, I just texted him to say I was coming here to make him jealous. Okay. Because he didn't even know I was coming. Maybe we can wrangle him for you, lunch. Love you more. Yeah. I mean, love you the same. <laughs> He's not going to listen. Are you listening? No, he does listen. It's oh, so nice. Oh, that is sweet. I know. No, it's sweet. I love the three of us. You know, that's like my favorite. It is. It's it's super. Three's fun. company. We call it. It is. Have we decided who's who? You've got to be Chrissy. Yeah, we are. I am the that. reasonable one among <laughs> us. Let's be real. Listen, if I could wear a onesie like Chrissy, you know I'd be doing that every.
every day. What did she wear? A jumper? <laughs> yeah, she literally wore like a big handkerchief that was so. We just in one need to hot roll your hair, and we're God, good. And blue eyeshadow. I'm foregoing the pixie cut. That's not happening. That's I can't. No, I can't do it. I will dye it black, but <laughs> that's as far as I'll go to conform. <laughs> no, you your hair's looking good today. I already told you that. Well, thanks. You look nice. Okay, so we're here to talk about anxiety, and you have been so. <laughs> just so let's get to it. Really swift transition. <laughs> Stop talking about rompers. Got it. Suave. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, we're here to talk about anxiety. Yes, we are. We are here to talk <laughs> about anxiety. You've been really open lately yeah. on your social media. And it's just, as I've watched comments come in, people are so relieved that someone is talking about this the way that you're talking about it. And here's the thing. Like, we live in a broken world where really bad things do happen. Yeah, they and so sin has has broken this world, and there are disasters. There are natural disasters. There's man-made disasters. There's death. There's loss. There's disease. Accidents happen, and let's be honest, we are very dependent creatures. So hey, pardon me for noticing the obvious here. Like, of course we have anxiety. Yeah, of right. course we do. This sure. is natural to the human condition. And so being afraid of the inevitable, I mean, which is that what, life is going to suck a lot? I mean, that's natural, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you take into account that not only are we not wrong for making obvious ob- observations, but fear and anxiety, they actually help us. Right. Right, you know, like, there's the these, um I don't know, like, threat detection systems. Right. You know, like, <laughs> that we have in our yeah. body. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not very sciencey or anything, but I think that this is, like, this is real science. I mean, our body does things to save us. If we need to run, if we need to fight, whatever, our body is feeling things, our body's doing things that help us do just that. So um, I guess I just want to start out, like, talking about you and your, and your journey with this. Um, maybe the first question is, when... Does anxiety mm-hmm. that it, that is normal sure. to the human condition turn into an anxiety disorder? Right. When does panic turn into a panic disorder? Mm-hmm. What are your your thoughts, thoughts on that? What's it been on? What's <clears throat> it been like for you? Well, and and just to say, I'm not a doctor, right? So sure, just to clarify course, and say, good, yes. you know what I mean? Because uh, this is not going to be a medical opinion or you good. Know, whatever. Yes, thank you for this saying that. Just, That's yeah, responsible. It's just going to be. It's yeah. just going to be me. But I. I tell you, I can tell you when I when I realized I couldn't live this way anymore, and it's that whole concept of the boiling frog. If you have a big pot of water and it's boiling, and you yeah. throw a frog into it, yeah. it's going to leap out. It's yeah. going to like jump out. Like it's going to be like that's the worst. But if it's like really slow and it's like a, you know you're vacaying in Vale and it has one of those nice little hot tubs on the you know like on the porch, you know what I mean. And then you get in there, you're like, well, I could stay here all day. Can and we find one of those right now? Absolutely. <laughs> Why we aren't can. we recording? Why there? are we not Actually. in Vale? That's basically <laughs> I ask myself that every day. Um, but yeah. It's you're not going to notice. So I think anxiety is absolutely 100% that. Okay. Yeah. If it if it happens major for people, then they all yeah everybody freaks out. Oh my gosh, I just got hit by a car. You know, or there's a tornado coming. That's a good time. You know, like there's yeah. certain times where like <laughs> this is Harvey. Yeah, exactly. Everybody should like have. You're right. It's a warning system. It's like what Ford does in my car, and it has the beep beep beeps, and it has the green and the yellow and the red for the Dash backup light camera. Lights. I don't know how to drive a car now. So, um, yeah, but <laughs> where... Dashboard. Dashboard lights. Dashboard lights. I didn't even know what lights. you said. Anyway. Taylor would have known what you See, said. See, I'm anxious now. <laughs> anxious. just got anxious. But you're going to be okay. <laughs> We're safe. So, yeah, when it then becomes something where uh, every day mm-hmm. you're at that warning 
system mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. You're having, sure, the to- tornado passed, but it was 100 miles away from us. Mm-hmm. Why are you still looking at the map? Why are you still mm-hmm. in a corner? Why do you have a tornado helmet and you made all your children wear one too? Mm-hmm. Just saying that could have happened could with have. a human Maybe. that we have met. Okay. <laughs> um, I think when it, beco- when it goes outside those those normal, everybody else has come back to center and you're still floating over here, yeah. freaking out. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, it's exhausting, mm, exhausting yeah. to have that much adrenaline released all the time and to constantly be in fight or flight. Yes. And it's just, we're driving down the road. And when I thought I was being followed all the time, mm. that freaked me out. Not the staying in bed for three years where I got mm. really dark. It was the part of that when I was like, this is paranoia and mm-hmm. that's that's not okay. That's yeah. where are we going with yeah. this mental thing? So that's when I that's when I which I should have gotten help a long time ago, but sure. that was for me the boiling point. Yeah. That was the straw. Yeah. yeah. It's like when your thoughts turn grim. Or yeah. when it like a situation is dire enough, like thinking that you're being followed or whatever, that you realize maybe you're not just fighting for peace of mind anymore, mm. like what's normal, but you're fighting for your life. Ooh. Does that feel? That feels very valid. Mm. That is a very valid statement that you just said. Yes, Mm. thank you. Mm. Because I know it's really difficult for people to understand who don't have anxiety. And believe me when I say it's really difficult for people to understand who do have anxiety. Yeah. Because it is illogical. And you know you're being illogical. illogical. You know it. trying to make something logical that's illogical. And the harder you try... It's just like, you know, it, it's, it makes it that more difficult. Yeah. So don't you think that acceptance is a huge part of it? Because we have, you know, I'm just thinking of these, these statements that we um, not just have been fed, but actually believe. Like, I am actually a strong woman. I am actually capable. People actually look to me and depend on me. Um, anxiety is something that happens to, to broken people. I'm just wondering if acceptance of the thing is crucial to overcoming the thing. 100%. No, (laughs) absolutely. We need to accept our own frailty. We need to accept our own weakness. You know what we need to do? We need to get rid of the idea that we are even supposed to have any of this figured out. No, yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. That is brilliant. Yeah. No, you have to accept it because, well, and I'm working on that, and I know that we're not going to touch on this a lot today, but, um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but once I got to a place with my anxiety that my uh, therapist didn't need to see me three times a week, and I got to a place where I am functioning at such an incredible level and doing things that I've never been able to do physically, emotionally, spiritually, literally. That was cute. Um, (laughs) She said, um, now let's talk about your depression. And Mm. I looked at her and I said, well, that's weird because (laughs) I don't have depression. And she was like, Okay, so I've waited a really long time to bring this up with you. And now's the time, Liv. And I was like, but I don't have it. So, but it took me, and it was funny because she sat there and she goes, uh, I think this was like a second or third time that we talked about it. And she said, so why are you so able to talk about your anxiety? You do it on on SiriusXM, you do it on podcasts, you do it on your social media, but you aren't able to sit here and tell me that you have depression. And the reason is I hadn't accepted it. Right. So I'm just trying to, you know, validate your point of, yeah, absolutely. But for whatever reason about anxiety... Um, well, and I think that's because it, it had been with me for so long and I was cognitive of it so long. Um, also because I think people can see anxiety, you know, it, uh-huh. other people, oh yeah, I've been anxious. Oh yeah. That one time that snowstorm. Yeah. And I'm like, right now imagine living there. 
Yeah. You know, constantly. So I think maybe that's why I was able I think to accept like it a, better. A, maybe a hyperactive component to anxiety that Probably. feels like natural to my personality anyway. Sure. So it's like, yeah, sure. And you've been praised for that a time or two. I don't right. Know. Right. Sometimes <laughs> I get depression just it. feels lazy or yeah. something. Oh, Nobody yeah. Nobody wants to be dark. That. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Person with everything. Oh, all right. Tell me about your troubles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Yes. I'm yeah. over here going, like, really? Yeah. How horrible is my life? Oh, it isn't. Oh, perfect. Great. I should have Isn't depression. that such a great source of sense. shame is oh, when you feel huge. bad and you don't have anything to feel bad about? Uh, I can't. I know. Yeah. Mess me up. But anyway. so many of us aren't open to having anxiety. So many of us aren't open mm-hmm. to having depression. It's like, no, I don't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just need another drink. Yeah. Or, no, I yeah. don't have depression. My life just overwhelms me. Yeah. It's like we rename it. in sure. this, this Seasonal. It's ex- just a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so how has acceptance of this anxiety, maybe we're kind of still in the process of accepting um, depression, but yeah, how are. has acceptance aided your healing. I tell you what, there is something to be said. And I think this is why we have these incredible speakers and famous people like Tony Robbins and stuff that say, say very simple things. And we're like, that's brilliant. You know, Brene Brown, who we love, oh, of course, yeah. but you know, it's not like she's sitting down saying like quasi-moto physics. See, that's not even a thing. You know, like she's <laughs> saying very simple things that are just profound. That resonate with Oh us. my gosh. Yeah. And so for me, let me tell you something. Ownership Ownership is a real thing. And I it seems simple. It seems like like not a big deal. Yeah. But taking moving from acceptance, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the next step is ownership. Okay. Taking ownership of it and okay. saying, I own this. Yeah. This is mine. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that. Yeah. There's like a, you know what? It's a level of commitment. And think about it. We make commitments to our jobs, our spouses, our children, to our friends, our parents. But when do we take commitment to ourself? That's when do we so ever gift ourselves that's that? so good. So I think that's where uh, game on. It changed. Mm, I love that so much. I think... That for me, I I, um, I do not have a diagnosis, but again, we've all experienced anxiety. Sure. Um, and I think that um, acceptance has allowed me to lean in and observe. Like, okay, mm. okay, I'm under this thing. Okay, I'm over this thing. You know, acceptance allows me to maybe unfreeze some emotions. You know, okay, yeah. um, it's like I can meet this thing in acceptance. I can meet this thing with some compassion. It's like, you're not broken you're anxious. So in that leaning in or in that acceptance, I feel like once we've cleared that first hurdle of acceptance or or leaning in, then we can become, which is I feel like what you're saying with ownership is we can become students of our own experience. Yeah. So, so we mentioned that threat detection system. Right. And so, and it is well-intended. It's a well-intended system. We still live in forest and (laughs) you know, there were bears and you know, like people were, I mean, think of Charles Ingalls out in the prairie. But now we have Netflix and sectionals all as well. We're fine guys. We're good. We have, exactly. We have Netflix. We're all safe. (laughs) But it is well-intended. It means well, but it's dumb, right? Oh yeah. It's dumb. So, so, so we feel before we think. Yeah. We feel before we think. So what are some tools that you have used in maybe that ownership or that thinking or this thing is mine? What are some kind of specific, maybe it's something you say to yourself. Maybe it's something you like physically do. Do you have a toolkit is what I'm asking With you. anxiety? Yes. How did I overcome it? Is yeah, that kind like, of the question? Yeah, yeah. Do you have, so, do you have um, self-talk? Do you have, what are your tools? Yeah. Well, I, okay. So just to give a little bit 
more background, when I when I did get in to see someone, I went specifically to someone who was running two programs at MD Anderson, which we both know is a big deal in Houston, Texas. Most of the world knows MD Anderson's a big deal. And she was running this program, and it's a neurofeedback program for breast cancer patients. Okay. Neurofeedback is a very specific therapy, and it um, is great because anybody can do it. You could be pregnant. You could be breastfeeding. You could have cancer. You could, it doesn't matter. It's not medicinal in mm-hmm. the fact of, like, you're not taking, you know, like, pharmaceuticals. When I heard about this treatment in this woman, she met me. And when she met me, she was like, oh, yeah, I can tell that you have anxiety when I explained to her what my anxiety looked like. Okay, because when you actually have an anxiety diagnosis, it does look different than, oh, I just got freaked out at the haunted house that I paid 20 bucks to walk through. <laughs> it's different than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, and so so... We did a test. She put a cap on my head. It's called a Q, um, but mm. they're reading our brain waves. Mm. Um, it's like a 40-minute test, 20 minutes with your eyes open, 20 minutes with them off. Well, cl- mm. Off. That's cute. <laughs> Click Close them your off. Eyes. Just, just <laughs> flick those off. Just wipe them away. <laughs> okay, I'm four. Anyway, so when you close your eyes and you have four waves, okay, delta, beta, theta, alpha, and that's what they're testing. Okay. Um, there's a guy in Arizona named Leslie, which I just find this fascinating. He just bought a second Hold jet. On, like Cher? I mean, like- this is what I'm saying. He only has the name <laughs> Leslie and he lives in Arizona. <laughs> and I love this part of the story. Literally has nothing to do with anything, but I find a way to talk about him and his two jets. Because I'm like, what? I just want to meet this guy one day. Yeah. I just want him to be really tan because he lives in Arizona, you know, and he has I have him pictured like the Dos Equis man. Yeah. You? Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he does it. Apparently everyone sends their things to Leslie. Okay. I and love he, it when our brains go to the same I place. I just love you so much. <laughs> and he does this for athletes. A lot of people do the cue for athletes okay. and they'll do neurofeedback because they'll uh, work on their um, golf swing or tennis swing, depending on what kind of athlete they are. Okay. So it can be used for a lot of things. It was developed actually for epilepsy people with epilepsy in the 40s and when they discovered that it really actually helps people with anxiety that's kind of what changed with everything now they use it with cancer patients they use they use neurofeedback for a lot of things so leslie writes out a a report and he sends it to your therapist great so when she got it yeah she goes so we're looking at your alpha wave because that's the wave that you and i are talking about we're like oh we got scared and and you're fine allison's now back with the world doing okay and i'm still like crawling on the wall freaking out thinking it's all gonna end it's like chicken little so um she goes you're supposed to have 12 hertz of alpha okay you have 0.7 do you even have one hertz I don't know what a hertz is, but I'm just saying that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really that great at math, but that sounds like not enough. Mm-hmm. Supposed to have 12, at least 12. I mean, we know whole numbers. Minimum. Like- I've heard of 12. I mean, I've bought eggs. Brackets. <laughs> like, I mean, I've listened to Jesus. <laughs> Disciples. Okay, I got this. So I was like, okay. So 0.7. So she looked at me and she, I go, okay, so I have anxiety? Like, I was waiting, you know, like for yeah. someone to tell me. Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, no, no, you don't have anxiety. You have extremely severe anxiety. Mm. And I was like, well, I mean, we don't have to be dramatic. I mean, like, I love how mm. everything in my life has to be extra. <laughs> Even my mental <laughs> disorder. No, no. Can't just have anxiety. <laughs> extremely severe anxiety. Okay, got it. I'll yeah. write that down. All my haters will love that. So, um, so yeah. So, she was like, we've got a lot of work to do. But, mm. but she was like, I don't know how you're functioning. I was like, well, see, but I'm not. Because yeah, I was just constantly... in flight Mm -hmm. constant Mm -hmm. so I started this neurofeedback treatment and that is what changed my personal life 
um, because it, it was, it retrains your brain. It gives your brain a, an additional pathway to choose. That's okay. all it's doing. Okay. So it's just reaching, you know, Pavlov's dog, remember sure. with the treat? Yeah, he did. And it would start to, right, he would start to salivate. That's what you're doing with your brain. So I watch a movie. We're watching The Lake House right now. We're, uh, something's got to get, we're watching some cute romantic comedy. The Lake House is kind of sad. Um, we watched Meet the Fockers. We, we've watched, uh, you know, Follow the Bride, whatever. And she puts it on and I put on this cap and she's with a computer and I just watch the film. And that's and all I do. And she's changing. And she's, cha- she's sending the alpha wavelength. If my brain doesn't do it, she tells it to. And then the brain starts to respond to that. And so it gets it gets a response. It's like when you're little, you know, kids like, they love to get positive reinforcement. So does your brain. So the brain starts saying, well, that was fun. I enjoy the alpha. I went, yes, that was okay. And so it starts learning to do that. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the point is, is that I will never be completely over my anxiety. But now I have a pathway that's so strong that that's what I will go to and choose. Now... There's certain things that I still do, right? Because I still have it. Mm-hmm. I definitely have, you know, and I've heard this from a lot of people that do like a like a five senses system. Mm-hmm. They like check with their eyes. They look around and they try to get visual input. Mm. So there isn't a tornado inside this building yeah. at this moment. Yeah. They do their ears. Okay, I don't hear anything. You know, the smell, you yeah, know what yeah, the five yeah. senses are. Yeah. So um, I, think that's a, I think that's a really nice one to start with to kind of give yourself a way to... To reground, right, right, and refined, you know, center, yeah, to just kind of check in with your physical self, right, right, right. First, well, I mean, sorry, I feel like I'm obsessing. Sorry, on this, that was like, a lot. No, no, no. I feel like I'm obsessing on this, like, please acceptance ownership thing. Sure, but it's like our body. Yeah. Our physical body is sending us these messages, right? And so we're feeling these physical symptoms of it, whether Correct. it's your chest pounding right. or, you know, your hands real sweating or, or whatever. And so when we ignore it, that lizard brain or whatever science yeah yeah <laughs> or that that primal brain um it's like oh no if you're not owning it accepting it then then that primal brain's going they're not getting the message yes right and so yes i'm glad you brought this to up to yes. engage our feelings we have to acknowledge what it is that's going on and then make a decision so it's feelings first i have this feeling mm-hmm. and then it's thoughts later, right? So we have to engage our thoughts. I've come up with this when I feel like I'm reeling. I call it reeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and that's, I mean, normal like language. I think that we can all relate to that. But I have this, it's one sentence and it's, I'm not powerless here. Mm. And that sentence allows me to like, if I'm reeling, like circling, spinning, cycling, it's putting a foot out and stopping it. I like that. Like with that sentence. Sure. I am not powerless here. And then in making a decision, we're then sending a message to the brain, right? Like lizard yeah. brain. That's like, I, I got it. I hear you. Yeah. You can you can kind of stop now. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that that's like foolproof or always effective or sure. maybe some people or for need everybody. to make. Yeah, because there's a big spectrum on. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, but I hear what you're saying. I think that's great. But instead of sticking our fingers in our ears, right. And like, la, la, right, la, right. I'm not experiencing Rocking this anxiety sucks. Just, I'm not anxious. Yeah. You know, we can we engage it. We sure. lean in and then make some decisions because the truth is we're not responsible for our feelings. Yeah. But we are responsible for our thoughts. I feel like our feelings, um, they can come fast and they're faster than us, mm-hmm. but they're not tougher. Yeah. You know? No, you are, you're, you always say to me, Liv, we're not the 
we are the master of our feelings. Isn't that what you no. say to oh, me? What do yeah. you say? Well, it's not mine. I read it somewhere well, or heard right, it somewhere. But I'm just saying but you are the one that says it to me. <laughs> our feelings, we our feelings aren't aren't masters, they're servants. Correct. Yeah. I love when you say that to me. Yeah. No, that like that puts me in check. I do say come Holy Spirit a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. find that to be one of the most powerful prayers mm-hmm. out Amen. there. It's simple and it's, you know, and it really I'm sorry, but if you're calling on a spirit and you're asking the Holy Spirit to come, that's a pretty powerful thing. Um, but I do want people to know anxiety is not because you don't pray enough or yes. because you don't have enough faith Absolutely. in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with that. Just like if I had the flu, you wouldn't say, well, if you believed in Jesus, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have the flu. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's not how the flu yeah. works. You know. Yeah. Or if you had a broken leg, you know, I'd be like, why are you going to the doctor? That's weird. Just drag right. that thing around. Go right. ahead, drag it around. It's yeah. painful, but drag it. It's your cross. Right. No, you go and you get it set and you see it. Maybe you need a surgeon. I had such a broken leg. I had to see a surgeon. Okay, That's great. Analogy. Not everybody has Thank that, you. right? Yes. Some people just need to go get a wrap at Walgreens, <laughs> and they're just like bandage that ace thing. Bandage. Right? They got that. They wrap it up. People are like, please stop giving medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, there, there's different levels to things, yeah. and you've got. And I think your point is, you've got to be aware. You've got to be checked in enough to you to know which level you're on. Yeah. Do you need a surgeon for this? Yeah. Great. You need one? No shame. Yes. Go get a surgeon. Um, do you need, you know, to just go see the urgent care doc or can you, you know, stint it at home? Is it a stint? What is that called? Sure. Splint. Splint. I, I think both work. Wow. You're actually married to a doctor. <laughs> Casey's busy. He talks we about a lot of us. antibiotics. Yeah. Okay. Just bank it. <laughs> just, I'm telling you, I could take some calls and be like, vancomycin. Oh, like, <laughs> that's listen to you. Sounded um, very professional. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the church thing because I, um, I feel like in scripture, mm-hmm. we see these, I feel like we're often pointed to the same phrases, which is, you know, perfect love casts out fear and joy comes in the morning and we need to to take our thoughts captive and all of that. But it's like, but how do I make this work? Like, how do I make this real? Because anxiety, it can seem to undermine our faith. Right. 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 And so what kind of Christian am I that I can't pray my way out of this? And God forbid the thought when death is comforting. Mm. God forbid. Mm. So, so what... What are some ways that you've made peace with that? I mean, you've oh, already sure. addressed it a little bit, but um, I, you know, I, I think that being okay with seeing a doctor is is a huge aspect. Yeah. Do you have any others? Any? Oh, listen, that the reason I can talk about it is because I I fought with it. Yeah, isn't that kind of something where where you are at a place? It's om- this is me taking ownership right now. This is me being a master over these feelings and over this. Um, illness is me discussing it. And the only reason I'm able to discuss it today is because I have fought so hard through it. Mm. And it's not anything that you just stop, but especially being in the business that you and I are in, which is sharing our hearts on stage or in a house or with anyone that will listen to us for five seconds. Heidi, <laughs> you want to hear my heart? I want to hear your heart. Um, but that's what we do. We're speakers. IMC, you know, we do a lot of this kind of uh, you know, work on podcasts and radio and stuff. When you're putting yourself out there, you're having to face yourself a lot. You gotta, you have a lot of come to Jesus with yourself. There's a lot of spiritual right. warfare. Who the heck do you think you are? You're yeah. so flipping broken yeah. or, or you're not healed. So why are you going around telling people how to heal? Well, you yeah. know what? Guess what? None of us are healed. Yeah. So we're going to wait. 
We're going to wait for all of us to get healed before we start helping each other? How does that make sense? That's like when I'm not going to have a baby till I'm ready. Oh, well, great. So when you're 98, (laughs) you let us know. You're ready now for that baby. Okay. Uh You can share teeth. But, you know, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So... So yeah, with the whole religious thing, I, man, that, that's trippy for me, mm-hmm. especially like I said, with the work that I do, it's really trippy to, to not call myself out constantly mm-hmm. about well, where is my faith? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why if I'm on an airplane and I get freaked out saying the Hail Mary doesn't put me at peace, what does that say? Mm-hmm. Do I not really believe? I mean, like I say, I believe this stuff. Yeah. I tell other people to believe this stuff. Yeah. And then I start thinking, like, I believe this stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you just start, it is such a mind game. And I know the enemy loves nothing more than being able to find, I mean, that, he is like water. You know how water can find a crack mm. and then just seep, just mm, softly, that's softly that's great image. seep, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden it's, you know, that whole area is damp and wet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's rushing in and all of a sudden it's flooded. That's the enemy. He needs a crack yeah, to seep through. And the thing about anxiety and the thing about other, a lot of other things and not for, this is not about everyone. Yes, everyone experiences anxiety. If you're a human being, you have felt that feeling on the planet, okay? But it definitely, not to use a buzzword, there's definitely a spectrum, you know, of like what that looks like for people. But he will absolutely, if you do not take care of it, Mm -hmm. if it is a real thing beyond the human condition kind, Mm -hmm. it will grow like a weed. Absolutely. But he will take what he can get. Mm -hmm. He is definitely not a gentleman. Hmm. He doesn't need much. It's really good. I um the I heard something recently that has really it's really impacted me. You know how you hear something and then it's come up like three different times and you can kind of apply it in a lot of places. It's like when something's true with a capital T, it's true everywhere. But um I was listening to someone talk about how after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples were around him and it says very plainly that that some of them worshipped mm. and some of them doubted. Really? And there they were side by side. I don't know if I ever realized that it's And if that, that isn't a crap advertisement wow. for Christianity, I don't know what is. Like that's wow. that is crap advertisement. Yeah. That the people closest to him, that yeah. the people right next to him were in his face doubting. Wow. And yet the compassion of the Lord, he understands our tendencies. Right. He knows. And so when we think about acceptance on this small scale, what about this large scale acceptance mm-hmm. of Honey, I know. Yeah. I don't expect you to have this figured out, but will you draw near? Yes. You know, and so, you know, when I think about the whole the whole church the whole church issue of I should be able to to pray, pray my myself way out of this. Out of yeah. this. What's wrong with me? The way that I see it is let's take advantage of what's on this earth. Mm-hmm. Let's take advantage of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are psychologists yeah. and psychiatrists. Yeah. And let's take advantage of medicine and research. Like these are not an enemy to belief. Mm-hmm. I just I wish I could yell that. Their I, I think I just to did. your prayer. Mm. That is mm-hmm. an answer to your prayer. Mm-hmm. Why do we discount human beings who have dedicated their life to mental health mm-hmm. as something to be ashamed of yeah. and something of you not bucking it up, white knuckling it? Yeah, right. Why? Right. Because, well, because our self-sufficiency, our self-sufficiency is so attractive to us. But but only in Who this cares? piece, though. That's Allison. That's what's fascinating. If you were giving birth right now, which would that be a fascinating podcast? 
Okay, we're going live, and I'm your midwife. And you're like, Liv, get me an epidural. And I'm like, white knuckle it, Allison. White knuckle it. You're not insulting it's God like, by needing others. This is the point. So how do we change the script? How do we change the dialogue? How do we change whatever the right word is to say about mental health yeah. and the professionals who are in it? Yeah. Is every professional in the mental health um department doing what they should be doing of course not they're human beings out there yeah is every surgeon out there the best surgeon on the planet just killing it every day no that pick a profession you're gonna find a bad somebody sure. so don't tell me about your bad therapist okay yeah there are a ton of really right. great men and women out there yeah. who are dedicated to getting people to a place in their life so they can have peace at the end it still comes back to your spiritual self yeah because if you're not at peace physically, mm-hmm. if you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm saying to run away from pain. I know our generation is like, pain, I don't want that. Sure. Pain serves. Suffering is a, is a great thing. But also, we are called to, to serve and to do things. And if we can be healed, then we are called to get healed. There's yeah. no shame yeah, in healing. So let's talk about healing real quick. Yeah. Um, because anxiety is going to resurface, right? Oh, I have to deal with it constantly. Right. Absolutely. And so how can we, um, with our tendencies, with our proclivities, with the bodies that we've been given, um, with the traumas that we have survived, sure. how do we think about healing in a nonlinear way? It's like if you were to graph healing, I think that we have expectations that mm. we're going to start oh, in this yes. low left corner. And we're just going to skyrocket yep. Yep. To, to this upper right uh-huh. corner yeah. and it better be linear yeah, and, and it better be swift, mm-hmm. you know? So let's talk about healing, Ooh. how it really looks. What does it really look like? Uh, like a hot, hot <laughs> mess, like a dumpster fire. Mm. Um, and I think probably like a, like a, like a spiral, mm. you know, that mm. goes up maybe yeah, like it's a constant, cool. it is a constant of coming back, revisiting Mm-hmm. Coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, we already saw that tree. Mm-hmm. Coming back. Mm-hmm. We already had that talk. Mm-hmm. Coming back. We already went through that. Yeah. Coming back. I thought I was over that. Mm-hmm. Coming back. I thought we discussed that. Coming back. I thought I confessed that. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's what we are. Yeah. We're in a spiral. Uh, that's what life is. And I think that's why we have that whole, oh, I'm in a downward spiral, <laughs> meaning like, y'all, yeah. it's bad. My spiral's going the other way. Yeah. My spiral's going the right way, but man, it's trippy because, like I said, you're, you're still, I mean, Allison, have you ever just confessed a sin and then that was the last time ever you right. ever said that sin? I'm always confessing the same no, thing. We're secular, we we're circular, what are we saying? Circular people? What sure. are no cyclical people? Non linear to make sure. fun of us. <laughs> we're cyclical people. We need heckled. God, we do. We need an audience. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, that's that's who we are. We reveal every year. We act like Christmas is the first time. It's Christmas. I mean, we just had it a year ago. It's not that long, everybody. Right. You know, pumpkin spice. You know, season. We lose our minds. The McRib. <laughs> <laughs> we get excited. We love to do things over and over again. Yeah. That's why Walt Disney made a living because mm. we're like a teacup. Yes, I'll go in that and uh-huh. spin around. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we just, we, we welcome it. We oh were comfortable gosh. in it. Yeah, yeah. So why do we not apply that to the bad, to the negative, mm-hmm. to the things that we're going through? Mm. Only in the positive are we excited to yeah. revisit. But it, I love that image of a spiral because yeah. I was actually, when I asked you the question or when I brought up the topic, I wasn't thinking of the, the circular nature of it. And I think that you're dead on. I was thinking of, oh, you know, I, I slowed down a little here. Mm. 
And then I, you know, I kind of do the things like I'm supposed the speed to be doing. Part, that's interesting. In the what? The speed part of it. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. I like that you're thinking about. Yeah. No, but I love the the circular nature of what you're talking about. Because you just about. keep visiting it over and over and over again, and that's where you get exhausted. And I want people to hear who do have anxiety and depression. I hear you. I see you. I know it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's just like losing weight after a baby. Mm-hmm. And you lose weight and you're like, I might as well be a model right now, you guys. <laughs> I might as well just quit everything and go work for the E-Network because I'm pretty sure that would do a service to America. And then you go to someone's birthday party and they have like a unicorn cake that has like sparkles in it. And you're like, well, I should try that. Yeah. I should eat that. Yeah. And then you gain back three, yeah. you know, two, three pounds yeah. and whatever. And it, it's a constant. And okay, you're well, hold constant. on. No, I think you brought up something brilliant here. And I know that you intended it to be silly. Well, that's usually how I try to do things. <laughs> no, but really, yeah, yeah. think about okay. our, our physical health. Okay, so we're talking about mental health. We're mm-hmm. here to talk about mental health. We've been talking about mental health Well, the but time. They're, they're all very connected. Of course. <laughs> Are we at that right? point yet? Yeah. Did we already tell the people? Do we pull the curtain from behind the guy? As it turns out, they're very interconnected. Okay. This mind-body-spirit thing. Look at okay. us, Brene Browning it. Okay. <laughs> but I think that we have expectations when it even comes to losing weight. Sure. Where it's like, yeah. but I did this. I already lost those five pounds. Why are they back? Why? When the truth is yeah. there's more to everything than meets the eye. There's like hydration and electrolytes and I, I don't know the things. You know what that I mean? Really but there's smart. like, well, there's so many things that come yeah. into play here. Yeah. We think we have our eye on all of the variables, and I'm not even sure that we do. I think that there are things beneath the surface that we don't even know, but the Lord does. And so if we can just keep doing the things, then that spiral stays upward. And is it, you know, going the direction that we thought it would because we're doing the things? Maybe not right now, but there are forces at work that we're not even aware of. And yet we need to stay the course. No, And absolutely. yet we need to trust the process. Yep. Okay. So Ooh, I like that. You know what I thought of while you were talking? <laughs> Do you remember on, uh, you remember infomercials, which I don't even know if they have anymore because who watches who watches real TV? Nobody watches that anymore, right? And the guy had the whole "you said it and you forget it." It was like that <laughs> little thing. Do you remember that? You put in a chicken and like half a vegetable garden. Uh-huh. I don't know. And then you said it and, and you forget, forget it. it. You know why? Because we crave that. But you know what? We're not. We're not that. That's not human nature. Mm. Human nature is a process. It is a journey. Cooking is yeah. constant. You do not go to a stove, put the things in a, you know, in a, what is this, in a frying pan and walk away. You got to massage it. You got to flip it. You got to taste it. You got to add a little seasoning. You got to turn down the heat. You got to raise the heat. You got to do a bunch of stuff. It's an interactive activity. Human life is an interactive yeah. activity. Yeah. Human life is not set it and, and forget, forget it. it. Yeah, and what we so do is good. we think about that with our mental health. Girl, well, I finished you. it. I already lost these five I get pounds. to wipe my hands I already, that. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, and you know where else we apply this to? Our relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Deeper we do still. Not, <laughs> we do not set it and forget it. That is a relationship. Yeah. That is a constant Mm-hmm. Just like your human life, just like your physical self, your mental self, your spiritual yeah. self, all of it. It is not set in and forget it. We crave that because it's easy and because the enemy knows that he can get us in our boredom or in our busyness. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's so good. I have chills all over. I have been doing this long enough to know that this is a very wise place to quit because that was like, boom, right there. Before we sign off, will you please tell us a little bit of 
what are those, if we're, if we're working on an upward spiral, what are the things, what are we supposed to be doing? What are things that we can take ownership of this? Okay. Just real quick. Okay. I think being aware that it is going to be constantly the same things over and over again. And that's what I want people to hear. I see, and I hear you that you're tired, Mm -hmm. but you have got to sustain yourself and whatever that looks like for you, you've got to figure that out. Is it a friend that you can contact and say, I'm in a dark place, period. That's it. Is it a therapist? Is it a spouse? Is it um, something that you can drink that makes you happy? Like Topo Chico or, you know, is there something if walking outside and that might be one of the hardest things ever. And I get that doing these things is hard and I see you and I hear you and I validate that. But just know that those little every day, making the choice to choose you, making the choice to go forward Mm -hmm. will re-engage that spiral to go again in Mm -hmm. the motion. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to, you know, like one of those teeter-totter things that you did on the park when you were a little kid, you're just the the merry-go-round. You're just trying to like get the motion going again. That spiral will come back around and then eventually you'll pass it. And then you'll be like, wow, I haven't, I haven't faced that one thing that I used to face all the time. I don't face that anymore. Mm -hmm. And you will defeat it and you Mm -hmm. will go forward and go up. So just be patient with yourself and know from someone who is on the other side Mm -hmm. that you can absolutely get to the other side, Mm -hmm. but remember that it never stops. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going to set it, forget it anymore. I'm not there either. I never will be till I die. Mm -hmm. So I am, I am fighting the fight, but I'm way further along. And that's why I want to share that because I want to share that news with everyone. You can do this. Do not stop talking to God. Even if all you say to him, Mm -hmm. even if Mm -hmm. all you can say to him Mm -hmm. is I love you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Can't say anything else. Say it. Mm -hmm. Connect with him once a day at least. So just doing something small to get you through those moments, tiny, whatever it is, do it. Do it. It's like that little drop of water. Beat the enemy with what he does. Mm. Do little drops of water and you'll make your own. You'll make your own river. So stay with it. Right on. Tell us where to find you. I am at theliveharrison.com. Anybody can write me there. Uh, My email is live, L-I-V, at theliveharrison.com on Instagram, theliveharrison, um, and then on Facebook, Liv Harrison. I have to say Instagram is probably the best. So, And why do people want to find you? What do you do? <laughs> I'm a speaker, I'm an MC, and I do a lot of radio and podcasts. So if you've got any of those, I'd love to come chat with you. And if you ever want to talk about anything just because you're a person on this planet trying to get to the next place, I'm also your gal. So look me up, write me, stay in touch. And yeah, if you need me for anything, I will come to you, speak to whoever, small, large, I don't care. And I'm praying for you. Pray for me. Yay. Such a good episode. Thank you, sister. Love you. Love you. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers. But that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Beefinator! Good morning! Hi, how you doing? Um, truth, I'm a little bit anxious about my work day, but um, I am ready to nail it. Well, that is apropos because (laughs) this episode is about anxiety. Um, I found this listener question. It 
um, I don't know. I think it goes pretty well with the episode, but she just asked plainly, do you, Allison, do you get nervous before you speak? And the easy <laughs> answer to that is yes. Yes. I get nervous before I speak. I was at a conference a couple of years ago and um, you know, there are things that I do to combat that so that I can be my best self. I'll, I'll pace a little bit. I'll breathe a little bit. I will pray a little bit. Um, I try to make sure that I'm really well prepared and well rested. And um, as I was kind of doing those things, like pacing and praying, another speaker came up to me and um, it, it, this, it wasn't unkind, but she was surprised. She was like, oh, you're nervous? And I wanted to be like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about, I don't think that that's a bad thing because if Absolutely. this ever becomes old hat, I should probably find something else that makes me feel this way. You know, I think that, that that level of anxiety is probably appropriate for, I don't know, living your best life. You know, we should right, be a little right. bit stretched. So, um, what about you beef? Do you get nervous before you present, depose, argue? do all the lawyer things. Um, absolutely. Every single time. And I mean, as long as it's not debilitating, I think that it's, um, important because I think that, you know, no, like you said, no matter how well we prepare and get there early and, um, have all the things as polished as we can, that we can control anxiety. I think for me, at least is about the unexpected and there's always going to be the unexpected. And I think that that extra bit of adrenaline um, and energy and anxiety is kind of what keeps us ready and focused, um, and nimble to handle that unexpected thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think we're all kind of trying to, as anxiety is, has become so prevalent, I think we're all trying to figure out what's normal and what's not. And I think right. what you said is exactly it. Is it debilitating or not? You know, yes, I'm having anxious feelings, but it's not keeping me from what I want to do. Um, right. so to be clear, by the way, and I don't quote, like we are not doctors <laughs> here. We are just sharing our common experiences, but the, but the bottom line beef is that you and I can cope. Like we can cope with right. our, but we do not have a diagnosable. We're just talking about normal everyday anxious moments because the feelings that we're feeling, they're not intense enough. They're not intrusive enough to keep us from doing what we want to do. I feel like I only have the blood sugar to say this once. <laughs> but, like if you're having something that's situational and that goes away quickly, okay. But if this is persisting and if this is keeping you from the things that you want to do in your life, it is treatable. It's treatable. Yes, and, and, are, and it's okay too to get that treatment and to shine a light on that and recognize it and talk yes. about it. And to take advantage of the body of Christ, there are so many people that are gifted in counseling and research and medicine and all the things. Right. So we, Absolutely. there's no reason to suffer unnecessarily. So what are um, some things that make you low level anxious beef? Being late makes me crazy. Oh, me too. And is absolutely fine with being late. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And yet, I hadn't I don't noticed think that, that about him. I left our second date because I was like, I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> um, we were meeting at a movie theater. Like, who's 25 minutes late to a movie? I'm out of here. Oh, my gosh. I know. You. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't think we need, should be taking any lessons from him. I think it's okay. <laughs> anxious about being late. Um, so I do not like tight spaces. I have traced mm. this back to a moment in my childhood where 
we were playing hide and seek and I got trapped in a closet, which was like the size of two Silas's by a wren. And I was, <laughs> I was under a pile of blankets and nobody found me. It was probably your fault. I know. I'm so sorry. I feel like I might've been there. <laughs> I bet I was trying really hard. But you know, so anxiety left untreated just gets worse. And so I feel like that that claustrophobia has kind of translated or generalized to, to not just tight spaces, but crowds and um, the public in general. So mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of mine is people related. It's uncomfortable people. Um, I currently only sit in the front row at church because otherwise I will like look around and like see if I think anyone is not feeling comfortable or uh, just really invent stories about what they might be concerned about or feeling uncomfortable about. So I um, have to just take that off of my brain and sit in the front row so that I can just focus on what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Do you know why you're like that? No. Because you can fix it. I, I mean, ah. honestly, it's like you're noticing, you're taking note because you could change it. You could fix it. You could be effective mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, talk about empath with all caps. I have always said that your biggest gift is being able to walk into a room and then offer what is needed in that room, whatever it is. So if you were to walk into a party and, you know, it was boring <laughs> or lame, <laughs> Like you would raise it up. Like you would walk into that room and you would get that party started. Or if you walked into a party and there was high drama going on, you could settle everything down. You are just, mm -hmm. so I feel like you can't take the good of that gift and then not take the bad too. <laughs> That's so nice. I'll take that good all day long. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of afraid of uh, peaches and cotton balls. Huh. Just when I thought I knew everything there was to know about you, Beef. Please discuss. <laughs> The fuzz, man, the fuzz. It's uh, so weird. Okay, I get it. I get it. Well, on that <laughs> note, I'm or on that similar path, um, I'm sitting on the floor right now looking at my feet and I have bunions. Um, which like Hold the on. word you, it's the, you can't say the word? My bunion? I'm literally like starting to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> um so your own feet stress you out? My own feet, it's not great, it's not right, it's not getting any better, it's getting worse. I have anxiety that I only have a few, you know, years, maybe less to continue to wear sandals or flip-flops. Beef, I did not know that this was distressing you. I'm gonna make you get the surgery. Um, it's real, you should see my grandma's feet and there's, there's, it's quite certain that I'm going nowhere good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beef, I hope that you have an awesome work day and use that low level anxiety to make you sharp and better and good and aggressive. Do you need to be aggressive today? I do, I do, I will take that. Not a girl. Thank Go you, virtual fist bump. <laughs> See you later. Bye. I've never met anyone like Mary. Well, technically I've never met Mary. You see we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. I'm all too familiar with clinical anxiety. Clinical anxiety, for the record, is not the same as the worry that the Bible warns against, the choosing to focus on something over which we don't have control and fretting that it may not turn out in our favor. 
Clinical anxiety is a constant presence, out of our control, that tells us that things are all wrong and we're not measuring up to where we need to be to fix it. And clinical anxiety really stinks. One of the worst parts about it is that people don't make the distinction between worry and anxiety and express that perhaps you should simply choose not to be anxious. Kind of like choosing not to be depressed or choosing not to be five foot six. Clinical anxiety is not a choice. But that doesn't mean you're powerless. You can still choose to go see your doctor, choose to take your medicine, choose to see your therapist, and choose to pray. Praying through anxiety often looks a little lopsided with a lot of pleas and not as much awe and thanksgiving. It helps to remember Jesus in the garden before he was betrayed. He also prayed to be delivered from his anxiety and from his suffering while accepting God's will anyway. When you're faced with this type of anxiety, place yourself in the garden right next to Jesus, praying please, accepting what comes. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, that calls me for Dear God, Emmanuel, God with us, thank you, God, for being so near. Please help us to share our anxious thoughts with you. Please help us to curl up like a child and share the many details of our troubled minds. Thank you, God, for never tiring of our endless need. Thank you that we are never alone. We shelter safe in your love. And when we feel crushed, God, please help us to see the truth. When we feel gripped, God, please help us to take one small step at a time. We choose to trust in you, God, our strong tower. It is in Jesus' mighty and holy name that we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for this episode, a special thank you to Liv Harrison. Book her for your next event and get in touch at theliveharrison.com. Follow her on Instagram at theliveharrison. Thank you to Pamela Anthony Cutright and Chen Redfield for music. Thank you to Kristen Kelly and Mary Bishop. For more of Mary's writing, head to madeforordinarytime.wordpress.com. Center Saint Sister now has a Patreon page. Please consider supporting Center Saint Sister by searching for Allison Sullivan on patreon.com. Many episodes are now only available for patrons. Send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully. Don't forget to review, like, and subscribe, and tune in next week.